Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. And as always, thank you for believing in me and this cause and sharing these episodes and for following and liking. And it's amazing the feedback we're getting. And it's because of you and your support. So I can't thank you enough. Um, I, I do need to give a shout out to our sponsors. We have uh, Thread Wallets. We have Mori Nutrition. Uh, Wasatch Recovery and Siegfried and Jensen. Thank you so much for supporting me and believing in my uh, vision in this. Uh, it really means a lot, and you guys make it possible. So thank you. And as always, guys, I bring on these amazing people, and today's going to be no different. Today we are joined by April Baker. April, thanks for being here. Todd, I can't appreciate it any more than yeah. I already am right now. And it's rare that I'm on this side right. of the microphone. Yes. I'm usually asking the questions <laughs> and I'm so glad yeah. that you're doing the hard work today. Yeah. And, and we're both a little nervous for different reasons because <laughs> yes. you are on TV all the time and I'm, you know, I should be the one, you know, getting interviewed by you at times, but, uh, no, it's I'm just grateful to have you here, and I'm going to give a little background on April, you guys. She's uh, an anchor and a report and reports for Fox 13 Good Day Utah Morning Newscast. You're there really early, right? Oh, like, I how wake, early do you start? Well, I wake up at 2 a.m., <laughs> oh, so I've been goodness. up since then. So wow. I'm, anything that I say that's bad, yeah. I'm going to blame it on blame that. Blame it on that. Yes, the early wake up call. So I have to be into work by 3.30 in the morning. Wow. It's See, I'm up at 4.30, and I thought that was early, but you you got me beat. 2 a.m. is, that's no joke. Are you an early morning worker-outer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, the, awesome. love working out in the morning. So you have worked in uh, as a journalist in five different states over the last 11 years. Uh, in that time, April has covered several high-profile news stories, including the two, 2015 anti-black mass church shooting in Charleston, South Carolina. April hails from Massachusetts. I want to talk a lot about that as well, where you earned your master's degree in broadcast journalism from uh, Emerson College in Boston. Uh, during her uh, adolescent and teenage years, April spent most of her spare time involved in competitive figure skating. I want to talk about that as well. Mm -hmm. And teaching kids how to skate. Uh, when she's not working, she's uh, championing female empowerment through her volunteer work with nonprofit Women of Worth Utah. April is also passionate about fitness and stand-up comedy. Yes. So do you actually do comedy or are you just like watching it? I like watching. Okay. But I mean, I could maybe tell a joke or something, but it might yeah. go over like a lead balloon. So I'm worried <laughs> about this, Todd. Yeah. But um, yeah, I love stand-up comedy. I listen to podcasts that feature different comedians. Okay. And I actually, do you have a favorite? I do. I listen to Bill Burr, who also hails from Boston. Yeah, yeah. And he's from my alma mater. He's from Emerson College. Oh, as I didn't well. know that. Okay. Yeah. So he's kind of crusty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, he swears. He's hilarious. A lot. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. I've never met him before. I've actually met one of his best friends who used to tour with him. Okay. And so that's trying me trying to sneak in there and maybe meet him at some point yeah. in my life. Yeah. So, yeah. Bill Burr. Yeah. I. Uh, I think I'm going to say this wrong. Is it Nate Bargetzi? 
That sounds correct to me. Uh, maybe I said, I'm sorry if I said that wrong, but man, he's hilarious. I love watching him. And yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I love going to comedy shows and things like that. It's, it's the best. It's great. Yeah. It takes you to a completely different place. <laughs> and when I start my mornings, I actually like listening to podcasts that have okay. levity to them. Sure. Because waking up at that hour can be a little bit draining. Yeah, so, I can imagine. Yeah, I listen to them. And I also do some stretches as well. So, you know, you're getting your body <laughs> warmed up yeah, and your right. mind warmed up so you're in a good place when you start gotcha. the newscast yeah so you're just upbeat yeah right on. well why don't we uh, share with our listeners a little bit about your childhood and talk about where you grew up okay I grew up in Swampscott Massachusetts Swampscott Swampscott wow. <laughs> <laughs> not the prettiest name right right it sounds swampy and you think of <laughs> like weird creatures coming yeah. out of the the brush but um it's a coastal town north of Boston, about 15 minutes north. And my parents still live north of Boston in a different community, um, a little bit closer to Gloucester or Salem. I don't have the accent either. I'm not sure how that happened. Uh, but my neither of my parents have the Boston accent that thick. How, yeah. I was going to say, how you doing? How but you that's doing? more uh, New York. <laughs> that's New York, yeah. <laughs> But so I, I grew up in Boston and I lived there for 26 years. I went to college there. Mm. I went to five different colleges, which oh, is wow. another story. Too. Yeah, wow. I guess I'm indecisive. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I started off in biology before I went into journalism. Oh, wow. So yeah, that. Boy, biology is no joke. I, I tried, I, I think I. I tried biology classes and I would always drop out because I was like, I'm lost. Yeah. Same. I, I was lost. I enjoyed it. But then, you know, the test came back and it was a 40 or a 45. And yeah. I'm like, maybe this is not really the path yeah, maybe I should not. be taking. So, um, so I went to different colleges in Massachusetts and I told my parents, I don't think I'm ever going to get out of Massachusetts. I've always yeah. aspired to move. And I thought I was going to be stuck. But until I, I found journalism and developed a a very strong passion for it yeah that it took me to different places to the five different states that you mentioned including utah yeah wow so uh, as a so do you have brothers and sisters i don't okay i am an only child only child okay yeah it's very close-knit family yeah i bet i talk to my mom multiple times a day she probably gets annoyed with me but i no. try to stay connected to her no that's awesome you know that that's pretty rare right you have yeah. someone who's a, an only child how was that? Did you, was that something that you just didn't know any different and it was like no big deal? Or was there times where you're like, man, I wish I had a sister or a brother or anything like that? Yes, I wish I did have an older <laughs> brother, but probably because he could bring his hotter friends over, yeah, you know, right, yeah. <laughs> assuming that they would be hot. But, you know, I just, <laughs> you know, I, I do feel like that sibling rivalry or having that um, that bond with somebody else other than my parents would have been beneficial to me because I was very and still am very dependent on my parents and they're a lot older than me. Yeah. And I feel like that would have helped to have a sibling that was closer to my age to be able to yeah. maybe commiserate with sure. or to fight with right, yeah. whatever you siblings yeah. do. Yeah. I'm not sure. So Gotcha. So how... Talk about your parents. Like, what were, what kind of parenting style did they have, and 
and kind of maybe some of the lessons you've learned from them when, when you were younger? That's a very good question. My dad was a helicopter parent. Okay. Um, <laughs> he definitely watched over me very protective. I would say I was spoiled, uh, certainly okay. by him. Yeah. Uh, my mom would say, Bob, that's my dad's name, stop it. You know, you're not doing her any favors <laughs> by doing things for her, Yeah. which is true. So I feel like it was, I felt very loved and very cared about, but also at the same time, you know, I need to learn to do things for myself because ultimately I'm going to be on my own and living independently. So I feel like I'm still trying to play catch up a little bit with things that maybe I would have learned about right. if my dad wasn't so nurturing and loving. Yeah. Darn it, dad, stop, yeah, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> too loving. Yeah. And my mom was more um she, she's an environmental analyst and she's very analytical and she pushed me and she and I've always been looking for her validation she I admire her tremendously and I just feel like she was a tougher nut to crack and get to know but actually the roles have reversed now mm. um my mom and I are closer okay because my dad suffers with debilitating like mental illness oh, okay. to the point where he, you know, some, when it gets really bad, he can't eat on his own. You know, my mom has to essentially act as a caretaker okay. for him. So it's been difficult to adjust to that almost role reversal, not role sure. reversal per se, but just to have that really close bond with my mom and not so much with my dad because my dad was always my hero yeah. and I would always be talking to him. So yeah. um, I, I hardly talk to him now because he's not the most social, but that's not the dad that I knew yeah. for 28 years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's hard to, to, to witness that. And, and, but thankfully that, you know, it's funny how not funny, probably the wrong word, but how something that's really difficult, difficult there's a good thing that also still comes out of it like you and your mom getting closer because of it yes whereas maybe you weren't as close before but it still doesn't make it easy watching dad struggle like that right it doesn't and I was upset at him for a while mm -hmm. because sometimes with mental illness you can't see it it's invisible a lot of times he looks normal and he looks like the dad I know maybe a little bit slimmer but yeah you know, you just don't know the pain, the the anguish that they might be going through. He doesn't talk about it. He's all walled up. So, you know, I was upset at him for such a long time, and it has taken me a while to to forgive him and to understand that he didn't want this for himself. Yeah. After right. he retired, this sure. is not the life he envisioned. Yeah. I just so I try to be more patient with him and be more understanding because it doesn't serve anybody to get. Yeah, upset. Sure. Well, as you know, we mentioned that you were in competitive figure skating. Yes. Did that start as a really young age? Well, yes. Um, if you consider 10 years old, pretty yeah, young. I think I, so. Yes. For something like that. I mean, that's not, I can barely, I've skated before and I, I can't even stand up. <laughs> well, I can maybe give you a few pointers. <laughs> yeah, to I, I might need some. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I started 
going round and round on the ice rink with my mom at the age of four. And then there was a figure skating camp that I wanted to attend at the age of 10. And I needed a figure skating coach to be able to attend that camp. So once I got that coach, once I learned more about the sport, I was hooked. And then I started taking it more seriously to the point where I was competing and ultimately investing six days a week, wow. several hours a day, multiple Man. coaches, four coaches at one point Man. for the sport. <laughs> and I, <laughs> mom, I didn't make it to the Olympics. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, was that a goal? Did you want to, was that part of what you were thinking? Or I think I was, <laughs> I think I was more pragmatic, more realistic okay. about it, but I still wanted maybe yeah. nationals or sure. something like that. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I, I definitely aspired to, to do big things. And, yeah. you know, I, I did make it regionally. I, I won a few competitions. I, I lost a lot of competitions, but you keep trying. Yeah. And I, I taught figure skating to young kids and that was very rewarding as well. I They're bet cute. it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I can imagine, I mean, any sport that someone excels at is you learn so many lessons from it. It's not just learning to do a triple spin or I don't even know what you call them, but you know what I mean? Like all the stuff and all the skills you have to learn, but what were some of the, the things you gained from that uh, maybe even helps you today from being a, in that competitive figure skating? That's a great question, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you must do this a lot, right? (laughs) A few times. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to buy myself some time now. Um, So persistence. And I, Mm. I mean, there are, a lot of times when you fall and you're frustrated with not perfecting or or getting that particular skill that you want, but you keep trying and trying over again. And I feel like in the news business, there's been so many times that I've failed that, you know, it it would be easy to to stop, but you continue onward. So I think skating helped me to develop this discipline, um, being able to work hard at it every single day. Every day is a new day. And, you know, failure is temporary. You can always be successful the the next day. And um, I I think it definitely gave me a good work ethic. Yeah. And I I carry that with me through the news. Yeah. It also made me a little bit of a perfectionist too, which is not always the best. Not always but, good, but but it, it, yeah. it certainly helped me. Well, you know, people, you know, see you on TV all the time now and you know, to be on TV one would think, man, you've got to be so confident, right? Like you got to be confident, you got to know who you are, you got to know what you you know, you got to be comfortable in your own skin kind of thing. Were you like that growing up? Uh like this confident girl who just knew what she wanted kind of thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I would say, I, I still am, I would say, people call it like an introvert, an extrovert, right. or mm-hmm. um, I was very, very shy as a child. Mm. I remember in preschool, I don't remember too much as a kid, but I do remember my dad would wear these suits every single day to work. And walking into preschool in Swampscott, Massachusetts. <laughs> Swampscott. <laughs> Swampscott. What a name. Uh, and then hiding underneath his coattails because I was so mm, shy. Really? Okay. I was trying to hide myself. And mm. I, I do feel like I was shy. You know, I wasn't one to participate in school, um, you know, or raise my hand. I wasn't one to, to eagerly answer questions. Yeah. 
I think I was very unsure and uh, lacked the confidence. So it's ironic that somebody who's so shy as a young child, I think my mom told me one, uh, one day too, when I was in kindergarten, my teacher said, oh, she's going to be shy forever. You know, she's, you know, it, they made an assumption and, mm. and I was also very whiny too, apparently. Did, <laughs> did you hear that from your teacher that you would always be shy? Did you hear that as a kid? I, or I didn't. Well, okay. if I did, I don't remember. Okay. Well, the reason why I asked that question, because a lot of times, you know, you hear that from an authority figure, like a teacher, you, you might think, oh, I guess that's just what I'm going to be. I'm going to be shy. You kind of believe it because you're just this kid, young kid who doesn't know how to maybe process that. I was just curious if had you had heard that or something and if that played a part in kind of how you carried yourself. Absolutely. Um, you know, I can't remember. I remember teachers saying I was quieter and mm -hmm. I still hear that to this day, even <laughs> right. that I'm more reserved, really? more quiet, which... I don't, it shouldn't really irk me because that's not a bad thing, but it yeah. does because I feel like I should have this big personality and a lot of my colleagues do. And sometimes yeah. it's hard to have the personality that I do alongside other people that might be a little bit more outgoing. Yeah. No, it's, well, again, it's, I think people just assume, oh, you're on TV and you've got this personality on there and that's just kind of how you carry yourself and everything that you do. But Again, going back to what you learn in that, you know, being competitive with that figure skating, the work ethic, like you mentioned, the persistence, the dedication, the discipline kind of stuff, and how that's played a role in what you're doing today. So, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you tried biology for a minute, and then you were like, you know what, this maybe isn't for me, and then you dipped your toe into journalism. Is that, were you like, like, man, this is it? Did you know right off the bat, this is where I want to go now? I was more certain that I was along that I was going down the right path because this is something that I was more passionate about. I was better at writing than I was at doing math equations. So I felt like this was the way I wanted to go. However, I didn't know exactly because I was in communications just general. Yeah, okay. So I wasn't sure. I did participate. We had a TV station, so I did some of that and you know some podcast based classes as well yeah so it, i knew that this was definitely more comfortable something that i which is not always the best but it, it just felt like it was right for me i guess i guess i should say not comfortable yeah. but yeah it felt like a better fit yeah. than math and science so yeah. i at some point i think my roommate in college she was going off to georgetown to grad school and i'm a little bit competitive and i'm like well <laughs> if she can go there then you know or if she can yeah. go off to grad school that sounds like a, a good idea maybe i should do that too yeah so i just um decided to go into broadcast journalism and that gave me a lot of great skills that i use today um, yeah. learning how to use a camera, yeah. editing my own reports, being in front of the camera. It was a, a great experience. Yeah, I bet. Expensive. Oh, I can, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I want to get more into that, but I want to maybe segue just a little bit over to, you know, you, you champion female empowerment. Talk about that and, and why that means so much to you. Because I think... You know, you being a, an only child even maybe plays a part in that where you're like, you know what, I got to, I'm kind of, not that you were on your own, but you kind of were in the sense of, 
is you got your older parents, right? And then mm-hmm. it's you. Yes. You know, it's almost like you had to figure out, you know what? I've got to figure things out on my own per se. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And there's actually a lot of factors that went into my involvement with Women of Worth Utah. Um, for those of you that don't, specifically for for those of you who don't know about women of worth utah these women are out of crisis situations either they were in a polygamous relationship or Mm. um you know domestic violence related issues um somebody close to them has passed away they're dealing with grief so they're out of a, a crisis situation and they're trying to find their voice they're trying to feel confident about themselves again and that resonated with me and I wanted to help other women feel better about themselves and be able to know that they're worthy of a a better life Um, I was in a an emotionally abusive relationship for a while Mm. which at some point turned physical okay and i remember the i did a story on women of worth utah and i interviewed one woman who had been through something very similar to me and i connected with her and i I truly felt for her yeah and um i just i i thought well you know i'm still healing as well it made me realize that i wasn't fully healed from what i had just been through right and I wanted to help other women because sometimes stepping out of your own problems and helping others yeah, can help for sure. you feel better and, and help others at the same time. Yeah. So I felt compelled to be part of that group and I'm just so happy I took that sure. chance. And I, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mentor in Women of Worth Utah and I don't really view myself as somebody <laughs> that who can mentor others, but you know, just by being me, people right. have found value Absolutely. in who I am, which is great. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I have this belief that life happens for us. And meaning no matter what you go through, like you think about it, you are in a position to mentor and people do listen to you because you've been through it. And it's unfortunate you had to go through that. You know, I feel bad that you had to face that and go through that. But look what you're doing now because you probably wouldn't be involved in this had you not gone through it, right? No. Right? So there's certainly a silver lining. There's a reason for the struggle that you're going through. It'll somehow, some way make sense, and this makes sense. And I'm I'm so, I'm not grateful. You know, I'm grateful for the journey where it's it's taken me, but it was a a difficult part of my life as well. And I was also let go from a job at the same time. Oh man. Which is right before I moved to Utah. That's kind oh, of how it? I ended up here. Oh, okay. I'm wow. throwing a lot of stuff at you. No, it's good. This is all good. No, and I appreciate you sharing this. Um yeah, that had to have been a difficult time. You know, so how long ago was that when you came to Utah? It's been what? About two years. Two years? Yeah. yeah. A so bit you're more than so two. you haven't been here too long. No, right? Not too long. And it looks like, and again, you can confirm this, like things are really going in a good direction for you. I mean, you got a great job. Everyone seems to love you. Um, you know, you seem like things are going well. Is that is that a, a fair statement? I would say that's a fair statement. It, it's been, it was a little bit of a, a struggle um, to assimilate 
to this new area (laughs) for for many reasons, Um, a lot of them personal, but um, I think everything has started to to run smoother and I feel more at home here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if I hadn't moved to Utah, I wouldn't be sitting with you here today, Todd. And yeah. I, I truly appreciate it. So oh, I, I feel bet. like things are, are going well and yeah. a lot better than two years ago. Well, when you get on this show, you've hit the big time, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can I start? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I should ask for a raise at work or something like that. Yeah, on a yeah maybe. Cast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I can help you. I'll, I'll give you a, a referral or a reference to that. So oh, perfect. Thank no, you. I'm just glad that you've made it out of that difficult time and you now are in a position to help other people. I really do believe this. I work with a lot of clients as we were talking off before we started recording that I work with a lot of clients who've been through some really horrific things and and to see them overcome them. But then they always end up doing something similar of what you're doing because of what they went through. And it just confirms to me again, like I said, life happens for us. I mean, I, I look at it this way. I, I, I started, I had my first drink when I was 11 years old. And that led to, you know, opening up an addiction in my life that led to some really bad things. But I'm grateful for it because it led to this moment. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, I wouldn't be doing this had I not gone through that. And so here we are, right? It's just weird. It's almost like, it's just a, weird's the wrong word. It's more miraculous to me that, like, even the things you've been through led to this moment as well. Yes. (laughs) And our paths are, right. we're here today in this amazing space. And I, yeah, I, I can't believe it. And it, it does feel very, I, I want to reiterate though, I, I just I feel so grateful that you allowed me to come on here sure. because it's never comfortable to, at least it's not comfortable for me to talk about myself. Yeah. It really is tough because yeah. I don't think I'm that great. I don't think I'm like, you know, a, sometimes I don't think I'm deserving of mm. an opportunity like this. Yeah. But, but then you say to yourself, well, darn it, I've worked so hard. I've moved to five different states. Yes, I do deserve this. So you kind yeah. of like battle those two thoughts sometimes. For sure, yeah. And I, and I think anyone listening to this would agree that they wrestle with those same kind of thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And But yeah, no, I'm grateful that you're here. And um, I am impressed with just kind of the way you've you know gotten to where you're at. Uh, you did. You said you wanted to leave Massachusetts, and you d- thought maybe it never happened. But then you end up moving all over the place, right? Right, right. <laughs> oh my gosh, and a uh, hundred different stories to tell for each location I've lived in. Yeah. Um, South Carolina, Arkansas, which I couldn't even identify on the map before right. I moved there, which was embarrassing. <laughs> Geography right. was not my forte. <laughs> it's yeah. my forte. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And um, Florida and then Utah. Yeah. And then I worked in Massachusetts, Western Massachusetts right. for about a year. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, so, you know, you've been through some tough times, as you, as you just mentioned. Um, what does a day in a life look like for you? And do you, do you carve out some time where you're working on like you, like for your own mental health kind of stuff? I know you're big into fitness. I'd love to talk about that as well. Absolutely. I do carve out time for fitness every single day because I think it's important to clear mm-hmm. my mind yeah. and to move your body. There's something about de-stressing that way yeah. and just taking yourself out of the, the daily grind or just focused on the different screens, you know, your cell phone, your your desktop. It's, it's good to, yeah. to remove yourself from that. 
Um, so I do take time daily to work out, whether it is weightlifting. I, I love lifting weights. Nice. I, I don't lift heavy. I'm not like a 150 pounder <laughs> free weight, but right. yeah. I, I love lifting free weights. Um, you know, I've done bar. Nice. Not go to the bar, but done bar. People yeah. know what that sure. is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, yoga, Pilates, dance, you know, Zumba, everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I yeah. get a lot of joy in all of it, but I, I truly do enjoy lifting weights. Yeah. That's great for yeah. me. And then um, I'll also carve out some time to paint. I'm not oh, a, I'm not a great okay. painter, yeah. but I I love using it as sort of like a form of expression, mm. more of an abstract artist. Okay. So right I can paint my emotions. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I yeah. like that. And is it something you just kind of do for you, or is it stuff you try to present to other people, or is it, or do uh, both? <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've presented it to people and they're like "Ooh, what is that what is that yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> but i mean abstract right it can be yeah. anything sometimes be... you wonder what what was going through their mind oh yeah so it's mostly for me yeah and it's like a therapeutic thing yes, for you. yeah yes so i i truly enjoy that and just being creative in my own way poetry is also a great way to express yourself just yeah. writing things down um, if you're feeling a, a certain emotion, sitting in it and writing it down, I feel like that's a productive way. Yeah. If you're if you're feeling something very heavy or even something light, and you want to to figure out a way to convey the joy of that moment and encapsulate it in the the written word, I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you do you like to read? Are you read? Do do, do you like certain um, kind of genres that you read or? Any any particular things like that? That's a. I was reading a self help book. It's um, I don't want to. the The title is a swear. So. It's on f u c k. Don't f your mind. Yeah, on your mind. On f your mind. Yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> we were just talking about profanity, and yeah. I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> I mean, I I will swear all the time, you know, yeah. uh, within right. reason, but I right. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. But um, so I will. Self-help is great. Um, mm -hmm. I will read books that take my my mind off mm -hmm. reality. Uh, fiction books, um, Shadow of the Wind, um, which okay. is one of my favorite books. It's uh, it's a thriller. Oh, nice. Um, and then it, usually things that are not news. You know, yeah. I I do like to keep up with news, but then it's good to right. to compartmentalize I'm news sure. and tuck it away, and then yeah. read something else. Or you know, even Us Weekly or yeah. like one of those rag magazines that has a bunch of yeah celebrity yeah. gossip. That can be nice sometimes. For sure. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned you've you've reported on some really heavy stories as well, which could be hard to even deal with and. You know, and the news can be really at times really heavy to listen to, right? Mm -hmm. How do you handle that as you're reporting it? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think it's important as a, a news anchor and reporter, it is good to feel the emotion of mm -hmm. that story because it needs to come through in your delivery. Yeah. yeah. But you also don't want to... <laughs> Overdo it. Yeah, yes, thing, have or, it yeah. take over because yeah. I feel like you can certainly be brought down by the stories, especially now with the war yeah. going on right. in Israel and yeah. then Ukraine and yeah. just 
a variety of different stories here locally where people have been hit and killed by vehicles. So it's been a, a very he heavy yeah. n news month or a few past months. It's been pretty heavy. So yeah. I, I feel like not taking that on and being able to distance yourself in a way, not to be insensitive to it, but also sure. to like protect and preserve your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's kind of like a fine balance between feeling it and being able to show that you're a human and that you care and you're not a robot just reading the, yeah. the story, but also, you know, being able to, but maybe like feeling it for that moment, but then letting it go and, and not letting it, not letting yourself take it home with you at the end gotcha. of the day and bringing yeah. you down. Yeah, and that's the challenge, right? It, it can be. Yeah, because, you know, I have to do the same thing when I'm dealing with clients. Like, I do my best not to take it home with me. Right. Because sometimes it could just consume your thoughts and it weighs you down. And it's like, where are you? And it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to deal with this. And But learning that, it's kind of almost like a skill you have to learn, honestly, yes. right? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's kind of like an emotional, like, bullet proof vest for emotions you yeah. know you can't let it pierce through um <laughs> yeah. it just is one of the most challenging things that's a good point of being a news anchor because people do ask me that a lot how do you read about these horrific incidents and that's why a lot of people tell me they don't watch the news because it's yeah. just bad news yeah so um i know as a reporter it's nice to do lighter stories and yeah good day utah has a lot of positive and a lot of right it's you guys focus a lot of good things that are happening in utah obviously we try right? to yes. which is nice yes yeah. i enjoy that aspect a lot and you know i i i don't feel like i've had the opportunity to do as much as i want because there is that that negative aspect of the, yeah. to to news but i think that it's important to always look for the good and to try to be looking for those positive right. stories. Yeah. Do you get nervous when like it's they're getting ready to go on air and you know, five, four, three, two, one, are you, are you nervous or are you like, you know what? I've done this enough to where I, this is just a piece of cake for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm always a little bit nervous okay. more so when I'm in the field reporting, mm, maybe yeah. on a breaking news situation. Yeah, That would be, yeah, I can imagine. It's also an adrenaline rush at the yeah. same time yeah. because you're trying to gather the information and you know you have a certain amount of time before you have to be on TV and be able to present it in a certain way that makes sense. Yeah. So I feel less nervous when I'm at the anchor desk because maybe it's because I have the teleprompter as a crutch. Yeah. But, um, you know, in, in the field, there are a lot of factors that could derail you and make it more challenging. So I think I do feel more nervous in the field. And also it's dependent on the story as well. Yeah, gotcha. So when you're not going to work, what, what other than the things you've mentioned is, like when you take a day off, what, what are you typically doing? Is it just the exercise stuff? And I mean, <laughs> sleep, and sleep. Yeah, I can imagine. So you Yeah, let's talk about that. You get up at 2am. So what time are you going to bed? <laughs> It's a great question. Uh, far too late. Um, yeah. <laughs> 9.30, 10. Oh, wow. So yeah. I do myself a disservice by getting limited sleep. Yeah. But I did speak with a, a sleep specialist who said mm. sleep four-hour increments. So take a four-hour nap after you get home from work, which gotcha. will be at noon, yeah. and then sleep from you know 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. 
I have a tough time sleeping. I don't do it. I, yeah. I just don't sleep four hours in the afternoon. Yeah. I feel like I'm missing too much of life. Yeah, <laughs> and sure. um, valuable daylight. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I, I yeah. that is challenging to do yeah. that. But you know, during my my time off, um, you know, I feel like. I've been trying to get to learn Utah and find unique things to do that might um, not be, you know, on the top 15 things to to do in Utah, something that might be a little bit more niche, like tucked away. Um, I think it was Allen Park. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Uh It was, that was an interesting spot. Yeah. And um, very, very unique. It's, It's hard to describe it to people who haven't been there. It just recently opened. Back in I think 2020, yeah, because just, they had closed yeah, it's it for not very long. Yep. Yeah, but that was a an interesting spot um, with poetry on different columns and right. on different <laughs> rocks. It, it was very yeah a unique experience. So I try to I think it's cool. I mean I'm not here from Utah, but I think it's very nice to to be a tourist in your own state sometimes yeah. to reconnect with things. Sure. Yeah. And because, you know, different phases in your life, you can appreciate things differently. So I think that was that's been a a fun thing for me to do to to try to at least allocate a few hours during the weekend to explore something that maybe I haven't seen before that might be interesting that would open my mind to new things. So I think taking some time during the weekend to recover from the week, but also to to branch out and to find something that piques your interest right gotcha so do you have any like big plans down the road like where obviously you're at good day utah and you're you're doing great loving it is do you have like bigger aspirations even above and beyond that like even if it's outside of that like is there anything that you have thought about or is it are you just right now just i'm kind of content where i'm at and everything's right where it needs to be Take, <laughs> you know, not everything is is the way I want it to be. I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. I mm-hmm. think that I have a, a job that continues to challenge me, yeah. which I I truly appreciate. I love yeah. my coworkers. They're great. What you see on TV is what you get in in person, and that's kind of what sold me on this job in the first place because yeah. they seem like great people, and they yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. You know, I would like to continue helping in any way that I can the community because I feel like giving back or even having some noticeable change in other people's lives through my reporting is why I do what I do. I mean, it's not to see myself on TV and to be like, oh, come and see how good I look, you know, it's yeah. ju- it's to give back. And I feel like whenever I'm wondering why I chose this wild profession, whenever I can make a, a noticeable change in people's lives with my reporting it just there's no other feeling like it because i want to help in any way that i can so if i could find a way to continue to to help others um carve another path i know women of worth utah is great if there's another thing that i could to help out with i would love to continue to to branch out you know it's always the struggle of how many hours in a day do i have (laughs) but you know i would love to to do that yeah. So, I mean, I've always thought about, you know, Good Morning America or, you know, some of those big national yeah, programs right. yeah, sure. inside edition or, you know, that would be cool. Yeah. But I, I feel like the most meaningful things are s- small to me yeah. and 
changing somebody's life or helping them in some small way just means the world to me. Sure. It truly does. And I would imagine, you know, the people you're working with, because you guys are so close together and doing things, kind of becomes like a family, I would imagine. They do. They yeah. do. And, you know, <laughs> sometimes I overshare to <laughs> Dan Evans, who I work with, and he was like, all right, <laughs> dial it back now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's a good sport about it. He's yeah. he's great. Yeah. Um, I work with, you know, Carrie Kronk is, is wonderful. Mm-hmm. So I have a really close relationship with both of them. Oh, they're, they're sweet. And they've been just mainstay they've been oh they, yeah, carrie's been there for I think 30 years yeah this is today's like, her birthday actually oh, november it? 8th yeah, yeah happy birthday, birthday. Yeah. shout out to carrie <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but you know just and i think that's a testament to the station too having people sure. that want to work there for that long yeah so um that is amazing it, it is very nice to have that relationship because there are a lot of egos and i mean there's always ego yeah, but sure um, some of them can be out of control <laughs> and you don't want <laughs> right. to be around those people for too long, yeah. you know? So totally get it. I, I do, I do love that. Yeah. If there's someone that's listening to you right now that wants to maybe get into journalism, do you have any like advice that would be helpful for them if they're considering going into this field? Maybe especially women too, you know? Yes. Yes. It's a very difficult industry. Um, I remember my professor tried to deter us from going into it in the first place. She told us we'd make 19K a year um, starting out, which really wasn't too far off from what I was making initially. You know, the salary is a little bit of a deterrent. Um, I think being a woman where I've worked as well has been a little bit of a a problem mm-hmm. as well you can tell yeah. especially in the south sometimes um sexism is alive and well sure yeah and i've had i think you have to be an assertive if you want to go into journalism you have to have a thick skin um you have to be able to handle criticism well or not let it <laughs> derail you from yeah. your goal because right. i've received a lot of criticism about how i look from the length of my eyelashes really? to uh, my lips and can she put any more filler in them or you know I don't blend my makeup well enough you know just everything they'll, they'll oh, nitpick nitpick anything <laughs> anything yeah that would be hard right <laughs> it is hard it, it's difficult and also um, you know being a woman and trying to I, I don't want to make men seem bad or anything like this but you know part of being a journalist is developing sources and you know getting that story that other people don't have and I know that sometimes as a journalist that you know you try to have those sources with men and sometimes they misinterpret that and they think that you're you're interested in in something else yeah and um but you're just trying to be friendly yeah right so that's a, a challenge that I've encountered quite a bit that people misinterpret your your friendliness because you don't want to be you don't right. build friendships or, yeah. or working relationships with somebody by being stiff. You have to be yep. human. For um, sure. So I think being assertive and, and, you know, knowing how to to be friendly but not too friendly. Um, yeah, having some boundaries. Boundaries. You know, yeah, creating healthy boundaries. 
I, I deal with that a lot with my clients, you know, teaching them how to set those healthy boundaries. Because again, you're right. I mean, and I think it's everywhere, you know, and it's probably, unfortunately, especially for women where they do have to be extra cautious and extra careful. And it's unfortunate at times. But again, you know, um, I think it's, I, I'm glad you're giving this advice for anyone who wants to go into this because I like going back to what you said about having that thick skin. I, I, I can't imagine, especially with social media now where it's so visible mm-hmm. to everyone, right? Whereas maybe when that wasn't there, it probably wasn't as bad. But man, I can imagine comments that are made or just they're out there to everyone to see, you know, I can't even imagine. Yes. I was talking about people not getting passports in this video that was posted to our website and then somebody started to talk about how I looked. I'm like, I'm talking about passports. Yeah, what do we, you know, what, what yeah, gives? What does but, that have to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I want to yeah. get a passport out of here because of your comments, but. <laughs> right. right, get me out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I mean, if you have a passion for it, don't let anybody get mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Because it's your dream and I feel like I've put some of my, um, I've had a few bosses that have put me down and I almost let it get to me to the point where I, I didn't do it anymore. Yeah. And then I said, you know what? That person's not going to dictate my future. I'm, I'm putting too much weight. I'm putting them in the front row yeah. and p- giving them too much uh, space in my brain and right. I'm letting them dictate the outcome of my life. And, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm capable of this and I'm not going to listen to that. It's just wow. one person's opinion who I don't yeah. value. Sure. Yeah, um, which in the long run probably makes you stronger. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though it's hard to go through that sometimes, but again, going back to what we said earlier, life happens for us. And as hard as that can be at times, man, it sure does make you tougher and stronger it does. and better for it, I guess, at the end. Right. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. You get a lot of practice, too. You yeah. know, the, the disappointments, the ups and downs, it, it teaches you how to, to move through them a little bit easier. Yeah. So I, I feel like. I, I'm able to navigate, you know, I've been let go from at least two jobs in mm-hmm. the news business, not for anything that I did, yeah. you know, wrong. There were a sweeping layoffs uh, company-wide because of the pandemic. And then um, the first station that I was working at, they were downsizing. And I was one of the first or the last in. So sometimes when you're the last in, you're the first out when they have to make oh, cuts. Yeah. So, um, you know, but it, I'm glad that I've had those experiences, even though they were tough. You know, I've gotten better at handling them over time. The first yeah. one was really tough, yeah. but then the second one, okay, I'm going to just fall upward because that's usually what happens every sure. time. Yeah, wow, so I love that. So that's been positive. No, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Thank um, you. If there's someone who's listening to you right now who might be going through a difficult time, you know, Maybe even something you, the, the, some of the same things you went through in that relationship you mentioned. You know, they're just having a rough time. They're in a bad place. What advice could you give that one person right now who's listening to you? Um, I'm trying to go back to when I was struggling. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I think that it's important to reach out to people that you know care about you and to connect with them and and help you feel less isolated it is that connection that helps you um also even though social media can be a little bit of a 
a detriment to society in a lot of ways there are more people than ever speaking out and being vulnerable on social yeah, media right right and i feel like when i was in that emotionally abusive situation i didn't realize it at first because i hadn't been in a lot of relationships prior to that but and i was trying to make sense of that behavior so yeah. i feel like going on social media and hearing from other people and hearing their stories helped me understand and, and validated my feelings as well. So I feel like social media can be used as a good resource to to sort of understand or educate yourself what you're going through and, and maybe make it more, make it make sense. Yeah. Because that helped me. Um, yeah, that's, and yeah. So, and it was, it really was. I'm, I'm grateful to have my parents too. They have right. been a, a very good support. So that's friends, good. parents. Sure. Um, well, you're talking about that connection piece, and I couldn't agree more how powerful connection is, right? We're never more fully alive than when we're connected with someone. Mm -hmm. And especially in those dark moments, you know, like you're mentioning, like it's so good to reach out, whether it's a parent or a friend or a coworker. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think that that is where it's at. We, we, that's when we need each other, right? Right. You know, because at times I'm sure people feel like they're alone and no one, no one's going to get me and no one cares. But the truth is there's a lot of people who care, you know, yes. and it's, but sometimes we have to be brave and actually say something, you know, that's, that sometimes is the toughest part. It is, it is. And, and you feel so much better once you did reach out and connect. And yeah. I feel like even, um, just going into connection too. This is a, I don't know how we're doing. No, you're time. good. No good. You're good. <laughs> um, just, just making sure we're recording. Okay, perfect. It's all good. No, <laughs> is this thing on? Yeah. Um, just having, I've noticed walking around, uh, more so post pandemic, but people don't make eye contact anymore. They don't communicate. Everybody is on their phone. Yeah. I feel like people have said this before, so I, I feel a little bit redundant with saying this, but I've made it a point of even if I'm going to the grocery store and I'm yeah. checking out, I make a point to look people in the eyes and, you know, say thank you, even as simple as that. Just having yeah. that connection yeah. and or just asking somebody how they're doing, getting to know other people. I think it's important to reestablish that traditional way to communicate with people, something that we've lost. And it helps when I'm speaking to other people and trying to get to know them and how they're doing, it takes away the focus on myself and I'm able to focus on somebody else and what they're, they're yeah, doing. Right. Um, so it helps you get out of your head and it helps you connect with other people. And sometimes you can get to, to know some cool things about people that you don't even know. Yeah. So right. I think that's, love that. that's great. Love that. Very well said. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Wow. I appreciate it. No, it's been great to have you on. And um, I, I love that uh, you're trying to make a difference and especially helping, you know, empower women. Um, I, I love that. I do. I have, you know, I have three girls of my own oh. and I want them to be empowered and strong and, you know, stand up for themselves. So I really I want you to know how much I appreciate that you actually are out there doing that. It's an example to my own girls and that means a lot. Oh my gosh. Well, I hope you know that. Oh, thank you. That yeah. means so much. Yeah. And I, I truly love doing that because sometimes when you don't have that women helping other women or 
that hasn't been the case in the past with my yeah. career. Unfortunately, that hasn't been. Yeah. Uh, my bosses who have been female have not been the most supportive. That's just right. the reality of sure. it. Yeah. And I tell myself that's not what I want. I want to be there for other women. I want to cheer on their successes. If they're, they're floundering, I, I want to help because I feel like we're all here for a short period of time. Right. And why not so be true. nice? Right. <laughs> <laughs> why yeah. not? Why not? Yeah, I'm with you. Well, thank you so much, April, for your time today. Um, we're cutting into your nap time, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna hang out on this couch. It's yeah, comfy, you can so just yeah you take so we'll, you can take a nap here. Uh, we can put on some soft music, but no, I, I I I know you're a busy person. You got a lot going on, and and again, you know you've been up since two a.m. So to have you here live with me means a lot. Um, I respect what you do. Um, you know, Fox 13 is lucky to have you, and my listeners are lucky to have your story now. Uh, or at least a portion of it, yeah. right? And uh, but I do admire, you know, looking back on your life and the, all the things you've done and accomplished has led you to all the good you're doing now, and it's just cool to see it. Thank you so much, and thank you for being so easy to talk to and, and oh, such good. a great interviewer. Oh, thank you. I'm going to take some notes and bring those <laughs> to my job because okay. I think you do such a great job. Wow. And thank you. It truly is. I can't even begin to express how amazing it is to be here. And thank you so much for asking me yeah. and for making me feel valued. I Absolutely. truly appreciate that. You betcha. So you betcha. Well, it's good to good to get to know you better. Yes. And uh, hopefully we can stay in touch and, yeah. and uh, you know, help support each other down the road and stuff. And But, yeah, thank you for being here. Um, if someone wanted to reach out to you and learn more about what you do or learn more about what you do on Fox, w- is there a way that someone could reach out to you? that you'd be yes. comfortable with? Uh, they can reach me by email. Um, should I just yeah. uh, lay if it out there? Um, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. It's April, A-P-R-I-L, like the month, dot Baker, B-A-K-E-R, B as in boy, at fox13now.com. And Perfect. also you can find me on social media, April... Baker TV is my Instagram handle and okay. X, formerly Twitter, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Great. Facebook as well. So any yeah. any way you want to reach me, yeah. Carrier Pigeon, I, you know, Smoke Signal, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You can. I'm happy to chat with anybody if they yeah. have any questions. Well, especially women listening to this right now, if you have questions about how to get involved with helping empower women, you know, you'd be a good resource for that. So shoot, shoot you an email and ask yes. you a question and... I'm sure you'll get around to it with your busy schedule eventually. and <laughs> I'll make it a priority make for it sure. A priority, I, so. I love that. I, okay. I Seriously, I, I welcome anything. And and I'll be candid or, yeah. you know, sometimes a little bit too much so. But yeah. I, I, I appreciate and welcome any okay. questions. Awesome. Well, again, great to have you here today. Thank you, Todd. Awesome. Appreciate you. Well, there you go, folks. I told you, another great interview, another great person, April Baker. Um, she's amazing and doing good things out there in this world. Again, thank you for supporting this. Again, a shout out to my sponsors. I love you guys. And uh, please share this with everyone you know. And that would be, you know, really good help for us. And as always, I love you. And until next time, take care. <laughs>